I have a question for you. Where do you feel safe sharing your pain? Who do you talk to? Do you talk to anyone? Do you write it in a journal or share it with your therapist? Where do you find the words to express your pain? How do you know you're even in pain? The raw vulnerability of acknowledging and sharing our pain can be really challenging, and sometimes we need someone else to help us find the words. I'm Katherine Spearing, host of Uncertain, a podcast that exists to challenge the church to do better. We do that by discussing the messier subjects related to the church. For season two, we're inviting some folks into the conversation who are gifted at promoting spaces for healing and challenging culture. These people are artists. As we continue to discuss these messier subjects, I thought it would be helpful to add their voices to these difficult topics. And I'd love to hear what you think. I'd also love to hear about any subjects you'd like to discuss in the podcast. You can contact me by visiting tearsofeden.org. While you're there, consider hopping over to tearsofeden.org support to make a donation towards the Uncertain Podcast and Tears of Eden, a nonprofit dedicated to building a community and resource for survivors of spiritual abuse. Our artist today is Mazare Rogers. Mazare is a spoken word poet and my former colleague from seminary. In this episode, we'll discuss how Mazare has experienced her poetry as a powerful way to express her pain and help others name their own. I'm going to share a clip from one of her poems, Where is God in the Natural Disaster? And then we'll begin the conversation. You can find links to all the pieces mentioned in this conversation in the show notes. So I'm pretty sure there is no God. Where was he when the tsunami waves of liquor kept smashing into my father's liver? He could have delivered him from his addiction, but he didn't. And where was he when the ground split beneath my feet and left me straddling the crack between my mother and father, both tugging me, trying to save me from the other? The Bible says what God has joined together, let no man tear asunder. So why wouldn't you call down from heaven with a voice of thunder and merge the ground again? Exerting your force to reverse the divorce. Instead, my family was earthquaked. I changed the noun into a verb because it's almost like someone did this to me on purpose. And God, let's pull back the curtain even more. I remember when I was 14, that man, and I won't say his name, took his tornado and tore up my insides. Yeah, when a natural disaster comes, you must hide too. Thanks so much for doing this. You're it's, welcome, love. It's my joy. Well, I'm excited to get to connect with you since we did seminary together. We were, we did a, you had a poetry group at seminary and I think I came a few times. Yes, you sure did. You're a very talented spoken word poet. 
I'm sure you have other artistic endeavors that I don't know about. I would love to just hear from you your creative origin story. How did you get into spoken word? And then anything anything you want to share under that tab? Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. So I have been so passionate about journaling ever since I was little. Um, and so the 65 journals in my room, I'm just kind of keeping, I leave this earth uh, pretty much and then wow. everyone can read all of my deepest, darkest secrets. But Wait, pause. <laughs> so you said you have 65 journals so far? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it really is insane. <laughs> yeah, I just really delighted to have captured my life. Um, and because I'm also the kind of person who will go back and read my journal entries and see, you know, what I was thinking and what I was praying about. So I've been journaling since I was little. And then, you know, I would have teachers, English teachers who would give poetry prompts and we'd go through poetry units. And that's where I first started to get my my feet and wings wet, I guess, uh, into the poetry world. And I remember this poem I wrote called Violetta the Black Puppy. And that's such a sophisticated name. <laughs> Man, if I'm not an artist, I don't know what I am. <laughs> what, uh, what age were you when you wrote that one? Girl, I was probably like nine. <laughs> I love it. Yes, it was a stuffed animal I got from Toys R Us, basically. She became my little friend. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so I wrote a poem about, about her. And then, you know, I discovered spoken word when I got to high school. And there was this show called Def Jam Poetry that used to come on HBO. And pretty much across the board, Someone would step up to the mic and recite this poem that just electrified the audience. I just said, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I recite poetry that moves people like that. And so I basically just kind of studied the art form and developed my own version of it, kind of made it my own and, and started performing spoken word poetry. There was a poetry slam when I was in high school And I won the poetry slam reciting this poem about my dad, my relationship with my dad. And I remember being so surprised just by how, I guess, I don't know, just how much pain, how much pain I was feeling and how much was able to come out of me, like just pour forth from my mind and heart and mouth. And yeah, I didn't even know who I was when I was on stage that day. How did you get to the place where you felt like you could share that in high school? Hmm. Hmm. I think just from sharing poems with my family and getting a lot of encouragement and support from them and affirmation, it's kind of always been, if I share something and people speak into it or say, yo, this is the good I see, this is the beauty I hear, you should keep doing this. That's kind of what gives me the wind beneath my wings, if you will. Um, Just being encouraged. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like it would be very, that's very vulnerable to share a poem Mm -hmm. that is painful Mm -hmm. about your father with your high school. That's intense. 
Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. That's also the nature of spoken word. It's like the boldest, most vulnerable topics they will tackle. And so I think, I mean, page poetry, you can do the same. You can write about anything there. But I find that spoken word is, is really is raw um, just by nature. Interesting. That's really fascinating. So, yeah, after high school, I actually went to college and majored in English and minored in creative writing. And, yeah, I mean, I've been speaking everywhere from coffee shops to concerts to conferences uh, ever since high school, pretty much. Did you, So you said that your family played a huge role in you gaining confidence in using your poetry. Did you ever have people say, say something negative about your poetry or something you were writing? Great question. So I had a friend when I was in middle school who told me, because I told her that I was wanting to be a poet, a professional poet when I grew up. That was my main aspiration. And her immediate response was, well, you're not going to make any money doing that. Poets don't make money. And that is something that has stuck with me because mm. that is something that limited my perspective and view of all of what I could be. I mean, because I, I just was thinking, well, I mean, Maya Angelou, she, she did it. Yes. <laughs> you know? But when you only have a couple examples, maybe, you know, people are like, eh, but that doesn't mean you're going to be able to do it. Right. So for me sharing my dream and having a friend of mine say that won't be lucrative for you. And so did that impact your, maybe your gusto in pursuing it because you didn't think that you could make money at it? I did think that I needed to have something else also. So, I mean, I was going to continue writing poetry no matter what, but it did make me think, well, maybe that won't be able to be my full-time occupation. So I'll need to do something else with it. Now, I will say though, my dad was also very instrumental and just encouraging because he was the one who said, well, we should write a book. You should write a book. And so he had me, um, I had a, a whole manuscript. I was writing poems and was planning to get them published. Uh, the title was Powerful Expressions. And then I decided to actually convert it to an album, which became my Raw Honey album. And yeah. I have your Raw Honey album. Yay. <laughs> and that is on Spotify too right now? It sure is. Yep. It's on Spotify. It's on Bandcamp. It's on all the things. So you were working on that when we were in seminary or you had finished it and you just put published it in seminary when we were no, in seminary. I was, yeah, I was working on it, finishing it up and also creating the whole album concept and and working on releasing it. Yeah, everything in, in seminary. I did it my final year in seminary, my fourth year. Do you have a favorite poem? Ooh, yes. So on that album in particular, or just out of and just any of, of any of the ones that you've written. Okay. I would say my exclusive poem is my version of an I am poem. And basically I wanted to write about how God has uniquely designed me and also uh, yeah, just kind of who I am based on my life experiences and whatnot. So that poem has a very special place in my heart. I don't even perform it that often because I really wrote it just for me, <laughs> but yeah. it is an album uh, that's called Exclusive. And then 
I would say the favorite of most of the people I know is Where is God and the Natural Disaster. I remember that one. Yes, yes. That's a pretty intense one, but also it really encapsulates my concept of raw honey which is this like it's bold it's intense but it also has some sweet healing balm toward the end so right right yeah so on that note how does faith show up in your art or how is it revealed in your art yes great question so First, my relationship with God and with Jesus in particular, Mm. he's a part of all the poems, every process. And that's whether the poem is explicitly about God or not. So for me, I also view my poetry as a vehicle to commune with God and then also to share God with people. So that might come up again with me saying his name or with me not saying his name. (laughs) So. I'm curious about the whether you're saying his name or not saying his name and the poems where you don't say his name. How do you feel like you're communicating about God? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great question. So there are that I have that even just using the theme of, of light and of hope or redemption. And I never use those words <laughs> because I think of the concept of a coin and I'm talking about redeeming a coin. So I have this piece called um, wreck what you know, and it's talking about actually racial reconciliation and what it is and what it isn't. And I have a line in there about um, people of color not being coins that you can redeem at a diversity counter sort of thing. Pretty much I would say through the images that I use, I can paint a picture that has, yeah, just even biblical language, but that someone who isn't a believer might not know (laughs) is biblical language. Right. Awesome. So kind of on the same lines, uh, is there any specific way that you have experienced art to be healing either your own art as you're creating it or the art of others? Yes. So I mentioned the Where is God in the Natural Disaster poem, and that's one of my most intense pieces. And in it, a woman is <clears throat> talking about some experiences that she that she went through that I'm comparing to natural disasters. So there's a, a hurricane, there's a tsunami, there's a tornado, there's an earthquake, and then there's divorce the divorce of her parents, there's sexual abuse, there's poverty, there's alcoholism. So I'm kind of painting this picture of what someone experienced by using these natural disasters. And this is a poem that I shared at a a young life gathering. And it was basically high schoolers who were just there kind of hanging out, having fun. And I recited this poem and at the end, I had a little girl come up to me and just, you know, thank me for the piece and then say, you know, the tornado one. Oh, that's something that happened to me. Mm. And she actually said that it was a family member that mm. was involved in that. And so what was so deep about this one, she had never shared this with anyone else. This was, I was the first person she told and which was heavy just to carry. Yeah. Yeah. 
But then two, my metaphor gave her language that enabled her to not have to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Say, this is the trauma that I experienced, but here's a word that you use that encapsulates it and kind of gave her that, you know, courage and confidence to name it. And so, wow, that, right. Wow. I literally have had chills ever since she started talking about that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and from that, you know, was able to, you know, connect her to someone who could take that story deeper and kind of handle it in a, a more lasting, sustaining way, because I was just a guest speaker, you know? So yeah, I mean, that was, that was a huge example for me of just, you know, healing happens in so many stages and layers and levels, but Mm. for someone to be able to connect with a poem, right. Name and experience and share that with someone else. Like that Uh is, yeah, that's a healing experience. Absolutely. And I just, I mean, I think that that just encapsulates the power of art in taking something and making it separate so that we can look at it. Mm. But then it's so vulnerable. It's probably more vulnerable than we've ever been about that particular thing. And that's, yeah, I just, that just encapsulates, I think, everything that art can do mm-hmm. and it's so powerful wow i literally i'm gonna have to like oh take a moment because that's that's really intense thanks for thanks for sharing are there ways that you use your poetry to do the same thing yes i have been using my poetry as a way to process and also for my own healing too so i recently wrote a poem called Bright Red Bag. And this was, it's this year, I did a video for it and everything. And this was connected to an incident I experienced a while back uh, when I was walking up here in DC on H Street. And a guy tried to take my purse. He came by on a bike and grabbed my purse. It was a bright red bag and yanked it. Yeah, and tried to keep going. And it just so happened that, I mean, girl, I pack my bags. Full. <laughs> <laughs> it was too heavy for him. Yeah. <laughs> the world, my mom likes to say I carry the refrigerator in my bag. And, it, <laughs> so, and he was like, oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> pretty much. That's what fantastic right he wasn't able to just take it and keep going (laughs) but even though he didn't successfully take my bag this was a traumatic experience for for sure and yeah I, I had to I went to counseling over it I needed to talk about it and ultimately I needed to I felt I needed to capture the story Mm-hmm. in a poem and also say something to the gentleman. And so in the poem, I am using the bright red bag actually as a metaphor, a metaphor for people in general, but especially women who are taken advantage of. And there's this sense of, you know, people could say, well, you shouldn't have been out at night or right. bright red bag saying you shouldn't have been a shoulder bag. You should have been a cross body bag. 
and kind of oh. how we oftentimes people will blame the victim, you know? Always, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no. <laughs> uh, towards the end of the piece, I say, no filthy hands should ever touch you. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's like this final declaration of no one should ever touch you in that way without your permission sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so it was my way to speak back to him and also to capture the story because no one else really knew what had happened. Uh, you know, just a couple of friends, but this is my right. way to announce it. So, man, I felt so much closure after this. Wow. And when I think about healing, I think of a wound you know, an open wound that over time, the skin and muscles and, and tissue and all of that have to close over over it and then eventually form a scar. There's like healing that happens with that. Writing a poem is often like that. It's taking the raw, fleshy, open wound, putting it down on paper, and then wrapping it in in gauze and with love and with words that just help to bring closure to the situation. I knew that this conversation was going to be so powerful, but whoa. (laughs) Before we close, would you mind elevator pitch who you are, what you do? How would you describe you? Yeah, great question. So I would say Mazza Ray is a spoken word poet hailing from Durham, North Carolina, who describes herself as raw honey a teaspoon of brutal truth, fresh from the comb, bold and thick with sweet. That was poetic. <laughs> Any final words? Any Anything else that you want to share? Yeah, I would say that our creative God creatively created us to be creative. That's what I believe. And so my hope is that anyone who is listening will feel inspired to tap into their natural innate creativity and express it uh, in a healing way. My prayer is that that will be fruitful for them. I love it. Thank you. And I just (laughs) appreciate your vulnerability and Mm -hmm. podcast interviews are tough. I know they are. So I, I appreciate you taking the time thank you for being a lovely host and for your great questions this was enjoyable thanks yes it is so fun so good to talk to you have a wonderful afternoon Thanks so much for joining us today. If you are enjoying the Uncertain Podcast, please take a moment to follow, subscribe, and leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Thanks again for being here, and I'll see you next time.